You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning. We are in part one of a new series, as Pastor Bill had mentioned, of stepping forward with wisdom. That's something, stepping forward with wisdom is something that everyone agrees with and everyone wants to do. If you were to go to a thesaurus and look up the antonym of wisdom and then phrase it in a question, it would be kind of startling and everyone would probably respond in the same way, which is, do you want to be stupid? No, no one wants to be stupid. That's the opposite of wisdom, and I want to ask a question this morning to start off of, what is wisdom? What are some words that come to your mind when you hear the word wisdom? Could you throw some actually out to me if you are listening to me and you feel comfortable speaking out loud? What are some words that come to mind when you think of the word wisdom? All right, kind of like one at a time loud, though. Yeah. Knowledge? Intelligence? Power? Good character, experience, (laughs) someone like that. Experience, yeah. Integrity. There's some words, what was that? Educated. They're hearing a lot of purpose and intentionality behind the word wisdom. In, In 1 Kings chapter verses 16 through 28, it marks an event recorded in history that's kind of startling, but gives a good picture of what wisdom looks like, practically speaking. King Solomon is one of these kings who is supernaturally wise. God gave Solomon wisdom, and two women come to Solomon with a problem on their hands. Both have children at similar times, and in the middle of the night, Let's call woman one. There's woman one, and then there's woman two. And woman one has a baby, and woman two has a baby. And in the middle of the night, some days later, like three days later or so after birth, woman number two, her child dies. And in the middle of the night, woman number two goes to woman number one and actually steals her baby, takes her baby in the middle of the night when they're sleeping, and takes the baby and and pretends as if this child is her own. Woman number one knows her child, and she is obviously very upset at what has transpired, so they come before the king because woman number two isn't giving up woman number one's child. And so they come before the king, and they explain this whole situation, and Solomon looks and says, okay, this is easy enough, because woman number one is saying, hey, I want my child back. She took my baby in the middle of the night. Her child died. That's my child. And they're having a hard time determining whose child this is. So Solomon, in all of his wisdom, says, okay, this is an easy solution. Cut the baby in half and give one side and one part to one mother and give the other part to another. It's intense. And woman number one kind of speaks up and cries out, no, 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 please, just let number, woman number two have the baby. Just let her have it. And then woman number two says, no, 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 no. If you can't have it and, and I can't have it, it's just better off if the child is just cut in half. And then Solomon says, ah, Give woman number one her child back. That's her. That's her baby. In an instant, we see wisdom displayed. I love how this is spoken of wisdom. uh, And one source would say it like this. It's insanely practical. 
It's the art of being successful, forming the correct plan to gain the desired result. The art of being successful, determining the right plan to gain the wanted and desired result. Solomon knew that if I kind of give out this absurd kind of a declaration or request that this child be cut in half, that that's going to give me the success I'm looking for. And, and why was it that Solomon was wise? Well, it says this in verse 28 of 1 Kings chapter 3. When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. He had wisdom from God. And that's something in a big claim of the Bible is that God is really, really wise. And so the verse that we're looking at first here for this month and the kind of the theme verse or main verse that we're looking at for this whole month is in James chapter uh, 3, verse 17. It says this, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. That sounds good, doesn't it? I would love to master the art of success. I would love to be able to determine the pure plan, that I might be able to receive the pure kind of result. How do I get that pure kind of result? How do I become a person of wisdom? Well, the claims of the Bible are that the wisdom that is pure, it comes from above. Romans chapter 11, verses 33 through 36 says this, about God and his infinite and grand and great wisdom. One of the grand claims and great claims and pretty exclusive claims of the Bible, a claim that you kind of have to hit up against and say, is this true? Is it not true? Is this something I should explore? Is it something I shouldn't explore? Whether you've been a church person or you haven't been a church person or maybe you're experiencing a kind of frustration right now because you've heard this definition of wisdom, the art of being successful, determining the right plan to gain the desired result. And you're like, Every day, it seems like I haven't mastered this. <laughs> it seems like I have trouble with this wisdom thing. I think I have the right plan, but then I run into a problem. But here's the claim of the Bible, that God is all wise. And it says this in Romans chapter 11, starting in verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. This is what 1 Corinthians 1, 19 through 20 says. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, says God. The intelligence of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? This is seeming to suggest that has God not frustrated and made foolish the wisdom of the world? Why? Because God's wisdom and God in his all-powerful, all-knowing, unfathomable wisdom is so set far and high above all others. That's the claim of the Bible, that God holds true wisdom. God holds true wisdom 
okay, so then I kind of want to redefine wisdom a little bit, like give it a little bit of a, of a more of a nuance because it's a little open-ended in this one definition of the art of being successful, forming the correct plan to gain the desired re- result. That's helpful to a point, but I want to kind of hone it in a little bit and submit to you that really the definition of wisdom is the ability to determine and follow through on God's will in any and every situation and or scenario, or scenario, depending on how you say it. The ability to determine and follow through on God's will in every and every particular situation or scenario, or scenario. This is where it kind of gets interesting because maybe someone in here said, okay, this is where I have trouble. Because if God's will is the right way, which the claims of the Bible are that God, he holds true wisdom. And if his plans and his will is truly the wisest way for me to move, then I have to actually determine what God's will is. And that's a problem because I have a hard time doing that. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've experienced that it's difficult to kind of navigate the waters of this world. It's hard to determine the correct plan and the one that maybe God has in store for you in every, every particular situation or scenario. And it's frustrating because you want to do what's right and you want to and I want to follow the correct plan and take the correct path and experience the kind of success that God wants for my life and to do his will. And yet I'm frustrated because it seems really, really hard to do that. I don't always know the correct path to take in every scenario or situation in which I face. So the question is, what can I do to be wise? Can I be wise? What if we could be wise? What if we could form the correct plan and gain the desired results that God wants for our lives? What if we could determine God's will? What if we could move confidently in a particular direction in any particular given situation or scenario? Or scenario. What if we could step forward with wisdom? How do I do it? I want to tell you that there is a way. If you've experienced wall after wall after wall, I want to give you some encouragement this morning that there is a way that you can step forward with wisdom. There is a way that you can step forward knowing that you are following the will of God. There is a way that you can step forward and there's a way that you can cultivate and grow in your wisdom, whether or not you're at point A or point G, Q, somewhere further down the line. (laughs) There is a way that you can grow. There's a way that you can build on this kind of wisdom, that you can walk wisely. And this is what God wants for us. The question is, how can we do it? How can we do it? I want to encourage you to turn in Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2. That's the, the main text we're going to be looking at this morning. Here it begins in Romans 12, 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Listen to this. This is good. If it's about determining God's will, 
If wisdom is the ability to determine and follow through on God's will in any and every given situation or scenario, this is huge. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I just want to give this kind of a little disclaimer, a little, little anecdotal or parenthetical kind of a statement. God wants you to be wise. God wants his people to be wise. And I actually believe, I was thinking about this as I was studying this text, I think someone needs to hear that this morning. Because I think it's easy to come before God in a difficult situation and to pray feverishly and intentionally and persistently God, I want to do the wise thing here. I want to do your will here. Will you just speak to me and make it clear which way that I am to walk, which way I am to step? Because I'm telling you, if you just tell it to me, like, I don't care how you do it. Like, give me a dream, send a dove down from heaven and speak into my ear. God, if I could just, can you remember these prayers? And I've prayed this prayer and maybe you've prayed this prayer. God, would you just say it to me? audibly. Like, like, have you had that prayer before? Like, God, audibly. I won't even tell anyone. Just give me the word. And yet, it's frustrating because it's the silence on the other end of the line. God, why aren't you speaking to me? I want this. God wants you to be wise. Don't ever lose sight of that. Even if there's supposed or perceived silence on the other end of the line, God, he wants his people to be wise. He wants his people in a particular and specific manner to be able to know his will. And someone needs to hear that this morning. God's not some sort of sick or sadistic kind of a God who sits up on his throne and likes to see his people in agony. It's not like the Hunger Games the game maker. That's not God where he just wants to see his pe these people just going around killing one another. That doesn't please the heart of God. God wants his people to be able to step forward with wisdom. God wants his people to be renewed by the transformation and the renewal of their minds. That's what God wants for his people. That's the kind of God that we serve. He's not some sick God. He's not some mean God. He's a God who wants what's best for you and for me. It's a God who wants us to step forward with wisdom. And someone needs to hear it this morning. I think I needed to remind someone of this loving God who died on a cross for you and for me, who has what's best in store for us. We needed a reminder this morning, amen? But then the question becomes, where do I start? I mean, that's real, right? God, he wants me to be wise. He wants his people to be wise. So how do I start? The text says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Wisdom starts behind the eyes. Wisdom starts behind the eyes. This is so massively important because what happens in here affects what happens out here. What happens in here affects what happens out there. And the truth is, you and I, we are gatekeepers of what comes into our minds. We have control. We have the ability 
to determine what comes into our minds. It's like going to a buffet. Like Golden Corral. I mean, who's, who's the last time someone went to Golden Corral? I don't know. It's been a long time for me. But you have all of these options. And the world presents you with a lot of these options. Some of them are filled with sodium, are going to kill you someday. You know, some are terrible. They're going to see your destruction. These things that are available for us to consume and ingest into our minds. And others are good for our growth. And others are good for our well-being. And others are good for our progression and for our wisdom. And we get to determine what it is that we allow into our minds. Even if it's presented every single day. Like when I worked at my last job and there was a donut box on the kitchen counter. Oh my gosh, almost every day. I had that choice every day. (laughs) Am I going to ingest that? Am I going to take that in? Or am I going to stay on my health thing this week? Similarly, God has given us the ability to determine what it is that we're going to consume and ingest and internalize when it comes to our mind. I'm thankful to God for this method of helping us to become wise, starting between the eyes, our minds. I'm thankful that God has made it this way. I was talking to Pastor Bill. I get kind of weird. I get kind of weird about this when I get excited about a portion of Scripture or what it is that God's saying. And there are certain pieces of maybe a text that stick with me for weeks on end. And what I'm about to say is what's been stuck in my head here and what God has been working in my heart and in my life and what I've been working out the implications of it. And I hope I do a good job of of describing it because sometimes I run into that problem too. I get so excited and then I try to express that excitement and then people look at me and they're like, like they want it, they want to be excited with me, and they're just like, I don't, yeah, yeah, I see it. And they don't see it. I've seen a lot of people get frustrated because they're waiting to hear from God. God, would you, like we kind of discussed already, God, would you just tell me what it is that you have for my life and which way you want me to step and which way you want me to move? God, would you direct my paths again, send an angel. It's fine. I'll just, you know, let her disappear afterwards or something like I would love to hear. Then people get frustrated at that. God still moves in these ways. I want to make that very clear. God, I believe, still gives prophecy. I believe that God still speaks through dreams and God uses people and maybe will even give an audible voice. But I will say, I don't think that that's God's primary method of helping us to move forward in wisdom. God is more interested in us being transformed by the renewal of our minds that we might be able to act and to determine God's will out of ourselves and out of our, his work in our lives. It's kind of the difference between, I hope I'm being clear here, it's kind of the difference between stepping out of character to do wise things or acting out of character to be wise. For instance, uh, when I was younger, and as many of you, I mean, everyone here was younger once, (laughs) maybe you had parents who said, in my case, Mike, clean your bedroom. You cannot live in disarray, chaos, mess, dump. You cannot live in this filth that you have created in your room. You need to clean your room. And I didn't quite care about cleaning my room, but 
I stepped out because I had been given a command <laughs> by my parents. I stepped forward in that command and I cleaned my room and I experienced the benefit of a clean room. That is a very real thing. It reduced stress in my very chaotic and stressful 10-year-old life. And now, <laughs> I stepped out of character and I cleaned my room for a period of time and I experienced the benefit of that. But what's different now that I'm an adult is that I step forward on my own and it's who I am that I want to be organized. Don't ask my wife though, okay? I want to be organized and I want to be clean and I want to experience this kind of well-being on an everyday basis. That's who I am now. God doesn't want us to just experience wise decisions here and there every now and again by stepping out of character God wants us to become the kind of people who are wise. So God is not just going to necessarily spoon feed us his direction every single day of our lives in any given particular situation or scenario. Instead, God has given us his word and he wants to put that deep within us that we might experience a transformation of the Holy Spirit that in any given particular situation he will bring to a recall how I am to step here in my unique situation. Because we look for black and white as people. God, in, in this particular nuanced situation I'm experiencing, what do you want me to do? You're not saying anything, okay, then either I'll be discouraged, immobilized, or make the wrong decision because God doesn't, quote, speak out against it. Instead, God wants us to become wise. Because when we become wise, it forces us in such a beautiful way to become more like God. Instead of stepping out of character, God wants to transform our character that we might become more like him and naturally take the steps that God wants us to take in accordance to his will. Does that make sense this morning? What a good God. What a good way. Because if it was me, I would say, God, I want you to speak directly into my ear. But God said, no, no, no. Trust me, I am all wise. This is the best way. I need you to become more like me. That way you can have a sustainable kind of wisdom that you can step in every single day. It's kind of like the disciples when they looked at Jesus and said, Jesus, why are you leaving me? It's better if you're right here with me because I can touch you, I can hear you. And then Jesus responded by saying what? He said, no, no, I promise you, when I leave this earth, I'm going to give you a helper and it's gonna be better for you. It's gonna be better because he's going to help transform you into the person who is more like me. Wisdom, it starts behind the eyes. It starts in the mind. God doesn't just want us to act wise here and there. He wants us to become wise. So the text says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do I renew my mind? Because at this point, everyone's like, okay, I need to get to the mind thing. I see God, even though it's frustrating, and I would encourage you to still pray to God, still ask for his direction, please. Because whether God brings it in to your life and into your mind from within you, or whether he actually wants to speak to you externally, you got to continue to ask God. I never want to discourage someone speaking and asking God. God wants to hear your requests and wants to hear my requests. It's pleasing to God when we come before him as children and say, Dad, which way should I go? Just like our dads 
And hopefully we had dads, I know not everyone has, who enjoyed the same. How do I renew my mind? I want to give a couple of words here. And the good thing, I want to kind of move quickly over these here. But the cool thing about this list is I, I believe that no matter where we're at in our walk with God, whether we're at the starting point or whether we're well into our maturity in Christ and we can develop and grow in these certain areas to grow as people of wisdom, grow in stepping forward with wisdom, grow in our likeness to God. And I believe this list is a help. Recognize, look, ask, and grow. Recognize, look, ask, grow. How do I renew my mind? I need to recognize something. I need to look to something, ask for something, and grow something. Is that helpful? First is to recognize. One is to recognize that my way and my wisdom and the wisdom that's offered in this world, it fails and pales in comparison to the wisdom of God. And I'll be honest with you, this takes humility. Because maybe you didn't grow up in church and you're sitting here this morning as a, quote, not church person. You're like, this is why I hate Christianity. This is why I hate God, because it's so exclusive. If the Bible is true, then we must be the kind of people who recognize that our way is not the best and that God is the best and his way is the best and his wisdom is superior and he holds true wisdom. If there is a God, the creator of the universe, who knows the cosmos and set the stars in their places through whatever event or occurrence, if there is this God who knows and is all sovereign, he knows and is all-powerful, all-sovereign, all-powerful, omniscient, he knows everything, omnipotent, he's all-powerful, then surely we must recognize that, God, your way is just better than mine, even if your word says something that my natural inclination is not to follow. God, I am recognizing that my way is inferior to your superior way, so God, help me in my unbelief now. We cannot step forward in wisdom in determining God's will and stepping forward as God would want us to step unless we are willing to be humble before God and say, God, your way is better. And it sounds like a negative, like I need to be humble. I need to be humbled. Well, that's true. We do. We need to be put in our place. But also, this is a great news because when you hit the wall and I hit the wall of experience of not knowing how to move forward, it's so comforting to know that there is a God who has a way. There's a God who knows the path. There is a God who has a will for my life, even if I can't determine it or I cannot see it right now. It's so good to know that there is a God who is above it all and he knows what he is doing and he is in control. Humility never looked so good when that God is on our side. The next is we need to look we need, to recognize, we need to recognize that our wisdom is inferior to God's superior wisdom. And then we need to look to the Holy Spirit for that wisdom. Why should we look to the Holy Spirit for the wisdom that we need? This is particular. The Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says this. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. 
1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15 says this, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. So truly, the Spirit is the linchpin in this wisdom thing. If I want to step forward with wisdom, I need to look to the Spirit. God, what is it that you want for my life? What is it that you are saying here? What is it that you have said in your word, and how can I move forward accordingly? And this might seem very, like, elementary, but where do we look? This is a vision thing. Where is our gaze? Where is our vision? Where are we looking for wisdom? Are we looking to the Spirit? Are we looking to God and his superior wisdom, this God who holds true wisdom? Or are we looking to a person? Are we looking to a friend? Are we looking to a family member? Are we looking to an industry standard? Or are we looking to a norm? Are we looking to the world? Or are we looking to the Spirit? Because it's in our gaze that we find true wisdom and it is held in the Spirit and it is held in God. But then maybe you're saying, okay, if I recognize that God's way is better than my way and his wisdom is better than my wisdom and that this wisdom I need to be looking to the Spirit, how do I receive this Spirit? If the Spirit is the one who knows the will of God, this God who holds true wisdom, he is God, how do I get this Spirit? You ask. You ask God for the Spirit. You're like, no, no, no. That's too simple. It is. It's funny you might say that because the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians chapters 2 and 3, no, 1 and 2, excuse me. It says that, yeah, the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. The fact that we could receive this spirit, this linchpin and stepping forward with wisdom by just asking God for it, that seems too simple. God's like, yeah, it is simple. You can't comprehend that, can you? Well, you, you, you got to just try it. Jesus, God himself, fully God, fully man, died on the cross for you and me. Death couldn't hold him down. He rose from the grave. He's seated at the right hand of the Father right now. This Jesus in Luke chapter 11, 11 through 13 says this. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I love that. God's saying, maybe... You've been looking to the wrong places and you've been asking for the wrong kind of wisdom and asking the wrong questions. Maybe we need to be asking the question, God, what is it that you want for me now? Holy Spirit, I need you. God, will you help me? Will you give me your spirit now to be able to see this as I am to see this? Will you bring to my memory the things in which you have said when you read the Bible Lord, will you fill me with your spirit when I read your word now that it might be set and imprinted into my life and into my heart that I might be able to recall your ways when I need it most. And that portion there and that process there is the last part here of grow. We need to be willing to grow this wisdom that we have, this relationship that we have with God. We need to grow in wisdom and stepping forward in wisdom. And what does that mean? 
It's the Sunday school answers, if those of you who grew up in church. There's a reason why they're Sunday school answers, because in them, <laughs> things are called Sunday school answers if you haven't grown up in church. It's because they're said all the time. The reason they're said all the time is because they're powerful all the time. That we need to be in the Bible, meaning we have to read God's word. If you don't have a Bible here, come and see one of us. We'll show you how to get an app or we'll just give you one from one of the chairs, I promise. We need to be in the word of God because God will never say what he never said. It's a double negative, does that make sense? God will always say what he always said meaning he will never act in contradiction to his word. So we have to have his word within us. We have to be praying to God. We have to be in constant communication with God and communion with God. We need to be a part of a healthy spiritual community, which I'm so thankful that we have that here at Riverside. I love this community. It's the best community I've ever been a part of. And we have to filter our minds through what it is that God has said. In Matthew chapter four, Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And Satan had this idea of wisdom for Jesus of saying here, to experience success, you need to take this kind of path and you will experience wisdom and success in your life. And Jesus, he says, nope. He's able to identify the buffet and the garbage that's sitting there, the piece of chocolate cake that maybe we shouldn't eat right then and there. And he says, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going the way of wisdom of God. How did he know? It's because he had the word of God within him that he was able to recall it. And although those particular scriptures may not have been perfectly tailored to his situation, it was from those texts that he was able to move forward in wisdom. Does that make sense? We have to have the word of God within us that we might be able to, whenever some garbage is presented before us, to get between the eyes that we know how to step forward in wisdom because we have some substance to recall in our lives, and that substance is the word of God every day. How do I renew my mind? I need to recognize. I need to look. I need to ask. I need to grow. I need to step forward with wisdom behind the eyes. It really starts here. I want to invite the worship team to come up this morning as we prepare to respond. I want to encourage you this morning that God wants us to be wise. God wants us to be wise so that we can affect a broken world. You want purpose for your life. You want meaning for your life. This, isn't, this is so much bigger than just you or just me in acting wisely for my own benefit or for your own benefit. God's got so much more in store for us than that. God wants us to be wise so that we can change a broken and sinful world. God has that in store for you and he has that in store for me. Maybe you've believed that you're beyond that kind of impact in this world. No, no, no. God wants to use you to impact the world in this way and in this manner. And maybe the problem is we've allowed some garbage to come into our minds between and behind the eyes that now our vision is clouded. And maybe this morning is the moment that we can clear the mind, that we can experience what it is God has called us to experience, which is a renewal from the transformation of our mind, maybe we need to ask God to do something miraculous in our lives. Maybe we need to ask a big request of God, God, I want to step forward in wisdom. Would you help me, Spirit? 
This morning, we're going to respond in a way that I just think is so appropriate this morning. We're going to take communion together, and Pastor Bill is going to lead us through communion in just a moment. The reason we can step forward with wisdom and have the spirit within us, the power of the living God to bring to our attention the way that we are to step forward, the way that we can be transformed, is because Jesus made it all possible. We were unworthy and unfit to step forward with wisdom. We were stuck in the futility of our minds, the scripture says. Deserving of death and punishment. And Jesus, he died the death that we were to experience and he took the punishment that we were to bear and he put it all on a cross. And he died and death couldn't hold him down. And now he reigns supreme that when we call out to Jesus what this bread and this body or what this bread, the body and what the blood, the juice represents this morning is the means by which we can actually step forward with wisdom. It was a love from God that came because he doesn't want to leave us where we are. He wants us to be able to step forward with wisdom. I love the way Romans 12, 1, verse 1. We, we were in verse 2 all morning. But I love verse 1. And we have to get verse 1 in order to get verse 2. And verse 1 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of what Jesus has done for you on the cross, the fact that he gave you a life that you didn't deserve, that he took the death that you were to die and the punishment that you were to receive, in light of the mercy of God, the grace he extended to you and the love he gave you and demonstrated to you on the cross, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will that you might be able to step forward with wisdom. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would help us this morning. For the person who maybe is at the beginning stages of having to recognize their inability or whether they need help transfixing their gaze on you, looking to you, or whether they need the encouragement that comes or the belief that comes that when they ask for your spirit that you will give it, or whether they need the determination, the steely resolve and motivation to grow in wisdom, God, I pray that you would give them exactly what it is that they need to step forward with wisdom. Why, God? Not all so we can grow grander and experience success in our lives, but so your name would be made more famous throughout the earth, God. We want to impact the world for your kingdom and to the glory of your name that people might experience love, grace, and mercy. God, help us to be wise. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.